This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Roz Drasvelez. Did you have a nice Halloween? Welcome to November. Only 11 more months till next year. I'm going to continue my Ask Me Anything portion of the show uh, because we we have another full episode this week with our listeners. So I'm just going to answer a couple of questions before we get into that. Um, One question that I love that people... Uh, often ask me, and I appreciate you asking me, is that uh, they want to know what pronoun to use when describing me. And I get it. It can be very confusing. And trust me, it's confusing for myself. It's a wonderful time that we live in these days where we are discussing gender identity. I mean, it's something that, unfortunately, I was in my late 20s uh, by the time I started being involved in these conversations. But it's great. It's wonderful that we are... um, Acknowledging multiple gender identities these days uh, in the way that we are on such a, you know, such a broad conversation. And I will say, I think what best describes me is a non-binary person. Um, I don't really like to think about it too much because it's just, you know, it's sort of a gender fluid thing as well, where some days I'm more, you know, I feel more masculine, some days I feel more feminine. But I think ultimately I'm just sort of this creature of femininity. And then when I when I go into work, instead of wearing a work uniform, I wear wigs and makeup and and then I become this creature of hyper femininity. So I think I think she, when we're talking about the persona of Roz Dresfelez, I definitely think she is most appropriate. They is not really something that I like for myself. It, when I when I hear people describing me as they or them, I get a little bit confused because I think you're talking about multiple people and that whole conversation. So I like she or just Roz, and he's fine too. I won't get offended. If a ghost child tried to hold your hand, would you let it or would you run from the room? Note that you don't actually know if it's a child or not. Okay, if any child held my hand, I would run out of the room. <laughs> so, yeah. When will Elena be back on the podcast? Wow, you guys love her. So do I. I don't blame you. Uh, I talked to her recently and we're going to do something really cool. So she will be back and it will be sooner rather than later. So don't you even worry. Who would I want to play me in a movie? 
Meghan Markle. She is still an actress. Don't forget it. What is it like being so fabulous? Exhausting. What's your boy name? I don't really have a boy name anymore. Um, I just go by Roz. What's my favorite meal? Panda Express orange chicken with chow mein. Favorite beverage? LaCroix tangerine. Uh, What movie or music gives me life? Movie, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, or Boogie Nights, or Showgirls, or Carrie. And music that gives me life? The B-52s. All right, let's listen to some listeners. I've been ghosted too. Celia. Hello. (laughs) Hi, where are you calling from? I am in Denver, Colorado. No way. Do you think that that uh, airport is run by the Illuminati? Uh, (laughs) I would not be surprised if it is, because there's a lot of weird energy in there and a lot of weird stories that I've heard about it, so probably. (laughs) And that weird horse with the red eyes? Oh my God, Lucifer. Is that what they call it? terrifying. Yes. (laughs) I heard that it killed the artist that made it when he was making it. Is that true? Yes, he did. He fell on top of him. Okay, if anyone's... Yeah, I always see it as like a bad omen for flying. Yeah. to keep it up. (laughs) If anyone is listening, I mean, I try not to get too into conspiracy theories, but I have been to the Mm -hmm. Denver airport and I didn't know about this and someone told me like, oh, the Illuminati, it's like this whole conspiracy about the Illuminati. And I looked it up and... I don't know. It's convincing. There's some weirdness going on yeah. there. But Yeah, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if there's shady shit. <laughs> I know. They have, like, gargoyles and stuff as decorations. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about ghosts. Okay. Uh, so you're from Peru, am I correct? I am, yes. I was born there, and my parents met there. Uh, my father's from there originally. Oh, Amazing. And um, what kind of ghost stories do you have to tell? Okay, so there are quite a few. I tried to condense it, (laughs) Um, but it really started off with a couple of stories that I was told about myself um, when I was a kid. So I don't remember these, but these are a couple that my parents always told me when I was growing up. Um, Around the time when I was actually conceived, my parents were... Just a couple of young lovers running around Peru, and they were um, partying one night at the Nazca Lines, which I don't know if you've heard of that or if any of the listeners have. But yeah, the Nazca Lines. Talk about conspiracy yeah. theories. Right, exactly. Yeah, so everyone should definitely look it up if you don't know what it is, because there's a lot of alien stories and things that come from that region. Because yeah, um, it's one were... of those like natural things, like um, Stonehenge or something, right? Where or pyramids, where there's just some ancient yeah. artwork where people are like, uh, I'm pretty sure this was aliens. Yeah, because you can only see the structures from the sky in an airplane. And they're, like, perfectly straight lines, huge, like, for thousands of miles, I think, the whole thing spans. So everyone's, like, curious about how they had the technology to be able to do that. hmm Yeah. So my parents were just being wild there one night. And um, my dad was in the car playing music, and he said that my mom was dancing in the headlights. And at one point, he saw a bunch of shadow figures start to swarm her and kind of entrance her. 
And she was like loving it and dancing with them. And it really freaked him out. So he decided to grab the gun that he had in the car, like a little <laughs> handgun. And he just shot it in the air <laughs> um, to break the spell, so to speak. Um, but that soon after that, they found out she was pregnant. So I'm not sure if I was actually there at that moment, but there were basically shadow figures around my mom at the time of wait, my conception. Wait, wait, wait. And she <laughs> knew, uh, she, she acknowledged them and she was dancing with them? Um, she said she felt like an energy, but she didn't see them or anything. Only my dad did. So okay. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> then, yeah. And then fast forward a couple of years later and we were living in Colorado. Um, and at one point, just all of a sudden, they said that I started having really bad night terrors. Um, so I would try to fall asleep and then I would just wake up screaming and panicking every time. Um, and I wasn't old enough to say what I was seeing or experiencing, but they just knew that I was terrified about something. Um, so they were trying to figure out what to do. But around the same time, my dad was working um, with a Native American shaman up in the mountains here. And he was doing advertising for his shop and had to go pick up a check from him. So he told my mom, you know, why don't we bring the kids and we can just get away for a day in the mountains. Um, but he didn't tell the shaman that he was bringing his family and he had never told him anything that was going on with me. Um, but when we pulled up in the driveway, the shaman immediately came out and went directly to me in the car. And they were like, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, I can sense that there's a very strong presence traveling with you guys and it's attached to her. And don't worry, I'll explain everything. But I just need to like see her for a moment. Um, so he went to me in the car seat and they said that he was rubbing my head and chanting something. Um, I'm not sure exactly what language it was or anything. But when he was done, he looked at them and said, don't worry, she'll be able to sleep now. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, How did you know? Um, and basically, he said that he could sense that I had a very strong aura, energy, um, and that I would need to be careful with that throughout my life because that makes me more susceptible for negative entities wanting to attach to that to basically feed off of me. Um, and when they looked... Yeah, when they looked back in the car at me, I was dead asleep. And I think I slept for like over 24 hours. Um, oh, but... my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So do you but... feel like you you are susceptible to like dark energies? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> that was just the beginning. I've actually seen two shamans since then um, that have told me the same thing. And basically throughout my life, I experienced sleep paralysis a lot. Um, and always kind of felt like I was never alone. But then when I was in college in my early twenties, um, we moved into an apartment complex and I think the energy in the building had something to do with it because everyone that lived with us had really went through difficult, like emotional crises at the time. And there was actually like a shooting later we found out in the building and there was something off about the building. Um, so I think that might've been related to why this picked up. But the minute I moved in, my sleep paralysis became like constant. It was every single night. I would see this shadow figure open the door in my room and over time it progressively would get closer and closer to me. Mm -hmm. um, like it started off out side of the room but by the end it was like hovering over me and I could feel a breath on my neck <sighs> and like feel the covers being pulled off of my feet and it got very very close um but within that time when it was escalating um 
I think part of me, and this is a little bit shameful to say, but whatever. Um, I kind of enjoyed it because I would also get really sexually aroused by it. So Stop it. I don't. Yeah, so I don't know if it was like an incubus situation or sometimes when I'm trying to rationalize it, I think maybe I just like really had to pee all of those times. I was just taking <laughs> the sensation. I don't know. I don't. It kind but of sounds I like became, the best boyfriend ever. Like you, I know, right? You don't even have to like listen to him. You don't even have to talk. Just he yep. just shows up and breathes on you at night. Yeah, just gets the job done and then goes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Um, so I was kind of excited by all of it and I was doing some things that, you know, looking back on it, I was definitely young and naive and not really listening to the warnings that I had been given, but I started becoming more withdrawn from my friends and family and I would choose to stay home like on the weekends and stuff and hold these little like seances, I guess you could call them. Like I didn't look up any specific ritual or anything, but I would just like sit in the dark with candles around me in a circle and hold a mirror up to my face and basically just invite like whatever wanted to come in. Like, let's party. I'm open. (laughs) Yeah. um, So I was definitely like encouraging what was going on. Um, And at one point when I finally became concerned, there were two things that happened right around the same time. Um, I started noticing a lot of physical changes in myself. Like I was throwing up all the time and it was like this black bile that was really gross. And my skin became really dry um, and like no amount of lotion or anything would help. So I was like, this is odd. (laughs) Um, And then at that time, also my friend's said that they were starting to experience things in the apartment. Um, like we had a really heavy wooden chairs in our living room and we would hear them slamming down and sliding across the room and no one would be there. And one of my friends said that she um, bought some bananas and they were on a banana stand about 10 feet away from where our stove was. And she was standing at the stove cooking and all of a sudden she hears something fall behind her and she looks down and the bananas were smashed at her feet. <gasps> So, yeah, so they were starting to get freaked out, and I was like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe I should tell someone what's been going on since it's escalating and affecting other people. Um, So I finally told my parents, and my mom put me in spiritual boot camp, as she calls it. (laughs) Um, We went to a non-denominational church, did a sage cleansing, and then her friend recommended a, a shaman that she knew, and So I made an appointment with her and she did a crystal cord cutting cleansing, which um, you guys can look up, but it's basically where you use crystals to cut any negative energetic ties that you have. Um, So she did this whole ceremony and she started talking about my past lives, but I got the sense that she was frightened by what she saw because she basically just said, you've been through a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, a lot of grief. Don't ever do past life regression therapy. And she was just like very adamant that I don't. Um, I later inadvertently found out some things about my past lives, which I'll get to, but she would seem very concerned about it. Um, And the main thing that she said was that she saw one large demon basically and a bunch of little ones that had been following me throughout various lives and she said that these yeah that they had been with me basically since the very beginning and that I've lived many many lives and they've always been there um 
but the cleansing that she did really worked. Um, so for a little while, nothing was happening really. I, my sleep paralysis turned into astral projection dreams, which is amazing. So <laughs> that's fun now. Um, and <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I enjoy this. Yeah. So sleep paralysis is definitely the precursor to astral projection from what I've learned. So now when I notice my body falling asleep, I get excited because like I can stay consciously awake. And then that's when I can leave my body is when my whole physical body falls asleep. But what are you doing when you're when you're asleep? Laying there in the bed. Oh, I can okay. see myself and my partner and I just go like flying around the city. Basically, You go flying around the um, city? Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, you know, just a flying lucid dream, but I wake up like shooting out of my body and I can see myself there. And the room is the same, everything is the same, and I usually just jump off the balcony. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, um, and then I'll just list a few things if we have time quickly, because there is another story with the other shaman. Um, wow. I like, feel like you need a full length episode. <laughs> I know. There's been so much. <laughs> feel free to cut me off at any point because I know it's a lot. No, it's OK. Um, but keep in mind, we, we're going to keep doing this kind of show. You can always come back if you want to, like, take more time with certain stories. Just okay. so you don't feel rushed. Um, well, really, I'm sure by then I'll have more. Um, <laughs> okay. Basically, Damn. a lot of things have been happening, like technology malfunctioning, me seeing things in the room. Um, I actually had to take the battery out of this light because it would not turn off. Um, a lamp flew off the table when I got really upset when I was talking to someone about Trump. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm obviously not a fan, but yeah. I felt this like jolt and the lamp flew off the table and landed in the weirdest possible way. Um, so things like that were happening. So I was like, you know, maybe I should see another shaman just to see how to control and hopefully be able to harness some of this, like, in a more controlled way. Um, so just a week and a half ago, I saw another shaman, and I hadn't told her really any details about the past. One, just that I'd had some issues, so I'd seen shaman before, but now I just feel really energetically charged and want some guidance on that. And basically that was all I said. Um, but when I got there, she told me that she saw that I was a spiritual portal, um, but in the beginning she said that she couldn't see any light coming from me. Like there was no positive light energy. All She said that she could see me like in a cave or a hole, and that I was being basically held captive by one very large evil entity and a bunch of little small ones. So exactly what the other lady had said. Wow. Um, and then she went more in depth into the past lives that she saw. Um, there were two that stood out to her. Um, in one, she said that I was a witch who had decided to practice black magic. And I guess in that life, I really let these entities like completely take over my life and ruled everything I did and she said that she saw a lot of blood and a lot of sacrifice um and that she had even seen me like killing my six-month-old child with an obsidian blade and I think she saw how unsettled I got by that but she was like no but what I'm sensing is that you were actually trying to save him um because you knew that you had um basically brought this negative energy into the world with him. And then you suddenly grew a conscience and decided you wanted to help him. So wow. I sacrificed my child for his, his greater interest, I guess. 
Um, but then she said <laughs> prior to that, <laughs> where she had seen where all of this started um, was it during Egyptian times. <laughs> um, so she saw me surrounded by Egyptian like pharaohs and priests wearing these masks, like the Horus God mask and all those different masks. Um, and that they wanted to punish me for some sin that I had committed. So it was really the Egyptians that started all of this for me. Wait, but that's um, also where apparently I was. What if I was the one punishing you? Or what if we right? were friends? I don't know. I know. I thought about that, knowing you were going to be talking about this. Like, maybe I'm talking to the one that started this all. Yeah, please um, keep me updated. And hopefully we can talk more about this in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Actually, I'm north. I'm close to Canton, which is like about, you know, 45 or an hour north of actual Atlanta. Oh, Um, But it is the Atlanta area. Maybe I should do a live show in Atlanta. You totally should. I would 100% go. Oh, thanks. I think that that's a great idea. Yeah, okay. Maybe maybe 2020. We'll see what happens. Yes, you should totally do that. In Atlanta and like, you know, Savannah, of course, is super haunted. And then you've got Kennesaw that has the um, Kennesaw Mountain battlefields that are supposed to be super haunted. And Ooh. there's tons of haunted places around us. Yeah. Well, where are the haunted places that you've been? So I've been to um, Kennesaw Mountain, but I haven't really had any experiences there. Um, And I mean, of course, my half of my family is from the Appalachian Mountains and there's tons of stuff that goes on up there. So is that where your grandparents um, house was? Yes. Yeah, that was where my grandparents house was, um, where they saw that um, white dog that put its paw on that brick in the fireplace and then there was that baby skeleton underneath it. Oh, okay, 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 um, wait, 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 wait. So tell us all the story. Okay, okay. So that is like a family story that uh, gets passed down through all of our generations, but it was like my great, great granddad um, in the Appalachian Mountains and it was back when there was no houses anywhere and they got this house and it was an old style um, farmhouse where there's just two rooms and one room is where you do everything like it's the family room it's the dining room it's everything and then the second room is where you sleep and so there's just one door separating the bedroom and the kitchen and then one door that goes to outside and of course since you're in the middle of nowhere you're not going to lock your doors and it they had just moved in and they were sleeping and when they woke up the next morning the front door was wide open And my granddad was like, or great, great granddad was like, okay, that's weird. So I'm just going to close this door and lock it. And then they went to sleep again. The next morning they woke up and the front door was wide open again. And even though he had locked it. So this time he was like, okay, well, I'm going to close and lock the front door and close and lock the middle door in between the two rooms. And when he woke up that next morning, the middle door was wide open and unlocked, and so was the front door. And there was a pure white dog inside their home. And in the front room, they had one of those big fireplaces that was made with all of the flat natural river rocks. And it had one large river rock 
um, right at the very base of it, and the dog had its paw on that river rock, and it just sort of locked eyes with my great-great-granddad, and they stared at each other for a minute, and then the dog just walks away. Well, my granddad takes that stone up, and underneath that stone was the skeleton of a baby. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Like a a it was like fossilized? No, like it was already like decomposing everything, but it was a legit just baby skeleton of a baby human. Oh, it was just hiding um, under the rock. (laughs) Oh my gosh! So it was like, you know, it was forever ago. So the baby probably passed away from. you know, like either like at birth, you know, because they probably were birthing all their kids in that house and everything. Sure. Um, and the family just put it, you know, under that rock as a way of burying it. Um, but my granddad was like, nah, and went and buried it outside. And when he gave it like a proper grave, they never had any issues with the doors opening ever again. He never saw that white dog ever again. So I don't know what, like if it was, you know, maybe Weird. like the way the baby was trying to communicate to be like, Hey, can I get a proper burial? Or maybe it was like <laughs> the ghost of the mother of the baby that was like, Hey, I don't know. Oh my but, gosh. Um, that poor baby. It's like, it. uh, I'm not trying to be under a rock in a, in a fireplace. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you guys are putting all sorts of stuff on me. You're standing on me. <laughs> can I just go on the ground, please? Cause <laughs> yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. So that house, is it still in the family or no? No, no, it's not in the family anymore. They sold that property a long time ago um, because they like ended up transitioning to like their own. They bought their own mountain, right? like that side of my family. Cool. So, yeah, actually, my um, great great grandmother was one of the first women to own her own land in the state of North Carolina. Oh, yeah, That's so a... she was pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, <laughs> so wait, what is what is this business with um, Hell's Church? Okay, so the history of it that I know is it's a church in Canton, Georgia. And if you, like, if you go on to any website that has a list of haunted places in Georgia, they usually have Hell's Church listed on there. Um, but the history of it I know is that it used to be a satanic church and yeah, and they would, um, bring people in under the notion that they were going to be baptizing them and they have a natural Creek that runs behind it. And the natural Creek sort of makes its own little pool area. And that's where they'd say they'd be baptizing these people, but they would actually drown them (gasps) as like a satanic sacrifice and a ritual that they were doing. Um, so there's supposed to be, you know, a lot of heavy activity because tons of people are supposed to have gotten murdered there. Oh, think about being like like underwater ghosts. That is the yes. scariest yes. thing ever. Wait, where is this yes. located? This is in Georgia? Yeah, it's in Canton, Georgia. So Canton, Georgia is roughly about an hour north of Atlanta. Okay. Um. Yeah, and the weird thing is with the church, now, uh, I haven't been there in five years. I refuse to go back, so I don't know what it looks like now, but when you, when I went in there, it's like in the middle of the city of Canton, which Canton is a small city. Um, It's like more like a little town, you know, you've got some grocery stores, 
you got gas stations. They have like a Michael's craft store. That's like the big store they have. Oh, now we're um, talking. So. I love Michael's. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. My dream I man is that. Michael. Store. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that 100%. Um, but yeah, so, but it's in the middle of all that city and you go up a road and you take a left and the road that you're on forks. And if you go to the right, it is a subdivision, like a plain old subdivision that I would never live in personally, because it's too close to that church, (laughs) but it's like, you know, newer houses and everything. And then if you go to the left, that road only goes to the church. It dead ends into the church. And you go winding back through all of these woods, and it's like the city drops away and disappears, and you are in the middle of nowhere, yeah, even like though that. you're, like, right there. And that's it's so weird how it's positioned, because you're surrounded by just, like, acres of trees. I don't like that. Nope. Yeah. That fork, that's creepy. like, do you want to live, or do you want to be possessed by an underwater ghost? You decide. Exactly. Exactly. Take me back to um, Michael's. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, But so the first time I went there was right when I moved here because I used to live in Wisconsin. Um, And I moved down here in 2005. And um, it was like some people that I had met and I was like 18. And I'm like, oh, let's go find ghosts. This will be fun. And so the group of us goes to Hell's Church. And first we go during the day because we're going to find this baptismal pool. And so you have to, like, hike sort of through the woods to get to it, but you find it. And the creek is a very, like, shallow creek, but it does make a really deep pool. Like, it's definitely deep enough to drown some people in. (laughs) And um, I know it's so creepy, but nothing, I didn't experience anything there. I didn't feel anything weird. And so I was kind of like, you know, and back at that time, even though I've had weird things happen to me and paranormal experiences, I was still leaning towards the side of, like, the skeptic. So this whole time I'm like, whatever, this is kind of dumb, you know? So then we went that night and we brought a camcorder because we're like, we read somewhere that if the camcorder loses focus and stuff like that, it's because there's an apparition. I really don't think that's true. I think that's some like internet stuff to scare (laughs) kids. Um, But we brought our camcorder and we were out there and we were walking around for a while. And the thing is, is like the road that you drive on, you have to drive on it for like a solid 15 minutes at least until you get to this church. And you're just out in the woods. Is it just and like pitch black? Up, yeah, it's yeah, it's totally pitch black. Oh, so scary. Um, and you know how creepy it is driving through the woods with just your headlights lighting up everything? Uh-huh. And so you go through the woods and then when you you go out to a tiny little cul-de-sac and to the right side of the cul-de-sac is the church and it's just a one-story white building. It's not extravagant and doesn't have like a huge steeple on it or anything. And then to the left is a very small graveyard. It probably has maybe like 20 or 30 graves in it. But the church had been remodeled and you they have these two like French doors on the front of it and then windows on either side of that. And when you look through the window, you can see the security system, the alarm box for it, and the light was red. So the security system was on, and it was totally armed. And then it has one spooky street light at that cul-de-sac just sort of illuminating everything. And it's one of those orangey ones. So everything's like this orange glow. It's kind of eerie. Wait, so but and, what is this church now? It's like a Christian church or what? I think it's a Baptist church, but it is still a functioning church. Like, 
and I'm pretty sure it's a Baptist church. I'm not 100%. I haven't looked at it in a minute to see what it is, but it's definitely a functioning church. That's so interesting that it was a satanic church and now it's Baptist. (laughs) Yeah, right? That's like the history history is that it was a satanic church. I'm sure the people, you know, that go to the church now are probably like, that's not true. But Mm -hmm. regardless, the place is definitely haunted. So whether like that satanic church history that goes around is true or not, it's definitely haunted. There's no question in my mind that it's haunted. Mm-hmm. So whether it's like a scary Saint Satan ghost or just like some regular run of the mill, we're just regular ghosts. <laughs> just a good old fashioned woods ghost. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we had walked around the grounds in the woods for a little while and nothing was really happening. So we decided to leave. And the way you pull up in the cul-de-sac is your cars are sort of in a line along it. Um, right next to the church, the entrance. And as I was walking back towards the cars, one of the girls that I was in just goes, oh my God, and covered her mouth and just looked terrified. So I turned around to see what she looked at because she was looking at the front of the church and the front door opened on its own (gasps) and then closed on its own. And I watched this happen and I was like, nope, we need to leave. With the security Um, system on. Yeah, and the the alarm did not go off. It was it didn't go off at all. And they had checked the doors. The doors were locked. And it just came open on its own and it came open big enough for a human to come out and then it closed. So it didn't like fly open. It looked just like someone nonchalantly opened the door, walked out, and then closed the door behind them. Ooh. And it was not windy. None of that business was happening. Nobody was by the door. It just totally did it on its own. And so I'm like, nope. And we all left. And, you know, I'm still like at this point kind of being like skeptical, trying to reason why it happened and stuff like that. And then years later, like maybe five years ago, um, I was like telling the person I was dating at the time about Hell's Church. And he's like, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, okay, totally. This is great. And so once again, we go at night, we're winding along the road, and then I just get hit with like a wall of just oppression is the best word that I can describe it. It was heavy, like it felt heavy. It felt like something. And we weren't even at the church yet. We're just still winding through the woods. And it was just heavy and oppressive, and it felt bad. Like it didn't, I wasn't it wasn't fear it was something different and I'm like this is just all in my head so I don't say anything about it I'm like you're overreacting this is all in your head it's just something weird that's happening and so we're sitting in silence for a minute just under this crushing oppression and he says do you feel that (gasps) and I was like yes we need to turn around right now. This is not okay. And he's like, no, I still want to check it out and stuff. And I was like, I'm not leaving this car. And so he, we pull up and he gets out and walks around and I sit in the car and I'm like, this doesn't feel right to me. What it felt like, it felt like whatever sort of like entity or being or energy is going on there told me, all right, girl, you had your fun before this is a warning. Don't come back here. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like to me. And I'm like, no problem. I'll never be back. But it was just like 
so oppressive. And the fact that it was like silent for a minute and then him being like, do you feel that? I was like, oh no, this is not okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, girl, we opened a door. Just wait until Mm -hmm. you see what's going to happen if you keep going. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like it. Yeah, it was super, it was super scary. I've had like other weird paranormal happenings that didn't feel scary. That was the one that felt malicious. Like that was the one that I had that it was like a warning, like a bad things will happen if you keep coming back here. And so, so I will, I refuse to go back. I won't go back. <laughs> I think it would be fun to go. What What if when I go do a live show there, what if we went? Would I you go with know. me? It just. I would love to tell you how to get there. I will legit give you directions on how to go. It's just like, it felt like one of those things that you need to listen to. Like if the feeling was all encompassing, like it was my entire being had this oppression against it. That was like, you're pushing your luck. And I was like, that's something that I feel like I need to listen to. But if you want directions, I will tell you how to get there. No problem. <laughs> oh, come on. You don't want to go swimming in the creek? We can bring our floaties. I wanted to get in that thing, but it was like winter time and it was kind of cold out. Um, but I totally would have gotten that. Maybe I would go during the day, but I'm not going to go at night again. Because whatever's hanging out there at nighttime doesn't want me there anymore. And I'm going to listen to that. I can't. It's like nothing I've ever felt yeah. ever again at any point in time in my life ever. OK, well, before we go, tell me, can you tell me like a happy paranormal experience? Um, or I mean, I one that you happy, didn't like, feel like that? Yeah, for sure. So like when we lived in our house in Wisconsin, um, that house was uh, super old and um i had i was like doing my homework in the kitchen and the entire room like a there was a lot of pressure build up in the room that i could feel it you know how when it gets like so quiet that you can feel the quietness yes um and we had like this cake this glass cake platter and it just busted it just shattered everywhere nothing was by it it was sitting on the counter minding its own business and ju- it just ex- Exploded. And it wasn't scary. Like, I didn't feel afraid. I was just like, whoa, that was so weird. Um, weird. So I don't know, like, what did that, like, if it was, like, a kind of energy or if it was, like, paranormal activity going on. But Was there other, was like, so paranormal bizarre. stuff in that house? Was it, did you think it was haunted? Now, I would have, so, um, I know you had Oscar Montoya on. Yes. And, uh they were talking about dreams, you know, dream premonitions, Mm -hmm. um, which I've had those pretty much my whole life. But the most activity that I had was um, in my house when I was really little. And then that house in Wisconsin is when I would have the most dreams. And I would have so many dreams about the attic of that house and just some sort of presence up there. So I didn't directly experience anything, but just the way that I had dreams about that presence. And then I would have like those premonition dreams in that location more than I have in other locations that I feel like there was definitely some kind of energy going on there. What's like Um, a premonition dream that you've had? They're so lame, Roz. Like I'll have them where... (laughs) 
I'll have one where um, I used to work at a fast food taco restaurant up there um, called Taco John's, which is delicious. I don't know if you had them when you lived up north. Taco but, John's? Um, taco John's. Yeah, no. it's so good. It's like a it's like a high-end Taco Bell, if that's a thing that can even happen. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, it's good. But uh, I worked there, and I had this dream about a pair of gold wire rim glasses sitting on a stack of books on like a mahogany desk. And the desk had one of those like vintage desk lights that was the green glass with like the black oh, yeah. glossy base on it. Um, super sleek looking. Uh, and the desk was super cluttered with a ton of paper. And um, those gold wired rim glasses were sitting on a bunch of books. And that was my dream, you know, but I just remembered it stuck with me. And then about a week later, our manager comes in and she had a customer on the phone and she was like, hey, has anybody seen a pair of glasses? One of our customers lost them. And I was like, well, what do they look like? And she asked him what they look like. And she was like, oh, they're a pair of gold wired rim glasses. Um, so I had a dream about that customer's glasses, but I couldn't just say, oh, check on your desk you know, because like, that would be weird. So uh, do you think this customer like, had a mahogany glass or table with a green mm-hmm. glass light? I do. I think I dreamt where they left their glasses for <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so that's why I say they're like lame. Cause it's like, Oh, I can help you find your glasses. Or I had a dream about one of my friend's childhood homes and I had just met them, you know, when I was like 17 or 18 and I was like, oh, I had a dream with you. And at last night, we were at this house, and it was really weird. And I was, like, describing it top to bottom. And their face just went sheet white. And they were like, oh, my God, that's my childhood home. You just described it to a T. Oh, and wow. I didn't know them until I was 17. You know? Interesting. So, I didn't know so them it's like you're, you're like a psychic, but you – I mean, is there a reason that you would need to know that stuff? <laughs> like... No, that's why I'm like, it's like I'm – it's like when you get a superpower and they're like, what's your superpower? And you're like, oh, I can make toast. You know, it's, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's cool, but it's also kind of lame. Yeah, but, but I bet I like you if it. you if you learn to hone it, I bet you you could really use it for for good. And, you know, there could be yeah, a reason. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I've been um, really interested in practicing again. I feel like I'm at like a good place in my life with myself to where – practicing that would be a smart move um you know because you know I went through a couple of rough patches and when you do that I don't think like opening yourself up to stuff like that is necessarily a good idea uh-huh. um but now I feel like I'm in a good place to where exploring that again and like you say trying to hone in on it um would be a good move so I've been looking into that um you know maybe like starting with tarot like learning tarot because um, that really interests me or something like that. Well, if that. you get a psychic vision of me being in Atlanta, uh, let me know. Oh, I will, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's a ghost in my house! Is this the world-famous Melvin? It is, it is. Wait, Melvin, where are you, where are you at? So I'm in Cary, North Carolina. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um... What is the story? Okay, so I was asleep. I was at home, um, and me and my fiance, now husband, um, were sleeping in bed, and I was um, 
having a dream. I was like on Netflix and I was looking for a scary movie to watch. And I started feeling like someone was watching me or looking at me. I don't know. And so like I, I pulled myself out of sleep and I saw like this like dark figure just like standing over me. And it took me a second to realize what was going on. And so like, I started to look up the body and like try to see the face, but like there was nothing there. Like it was just pitch black. And as soon as I got to like the face area, it turned around and started to walk away. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just dreaming. And then that's when it like drug its fingers down, down my, um, my left leg, I think it was. And I just, I just completely froze. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And so I watched it like go around my bed and just disappear. And so I was just kind of sitting there and didn't really know what to do. And um, my husband, his name is Jeffrey. He does not like to be touched when he is asleep. Um, and so I didn't want to wake him up or anything. So all I could do is like scoot closer to him without bothering him. And I just, I couldn't go back to sleep. I think I was up maybe 30, 40 minutes after that, and I fell back asleep and got up the next morning, and he was getting ready for work, and I was like, hey, um, so I had this, like, dream. I had to, like, make it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal. I was like, I had this dream or whatever. This thing happened, and I was like, I think something touched me. I Like, not human and he, and he is very very skeptical about this stuff i'm a strong believer in it but he is definitely somebody that is like i don't believe it until i until i see it mm -hmm. and so i was trying to tell him about it and he was just like oh, it, okay sure so <laughs> i um text my best friend um who also listens to to your podcast and i was like i need to talk to you because i know you'll believe me because jeffrey doesn't believe me um so so yeah that that is the story but wait so but the demon wasn't actually a part of a dream or the black figure, no dark no figure. it wasn't and that's the thing i don't know if it was a demon or or anything because um me and jeffrey have been living in this house it's we, we still live in the house um almost three years. And so the house was built in like 1972 or 1974. So it's not that old of a house, but an elderly couple did live here um, before us. And I think the wife died. Um, and I, I don't know if it is her or, or something, but I tend to be pretty sensitive to stuff like that. And I haven't felt anything and we have two cats and they, they don't ever freak out and, and all, but I just, I don't know what it could have been, honestly. Crazy. Did it have, did you get like an evil feeling or what was the, did you get no, a vibe off of it? it? That's, yeah, I didn't get an evil feeling. It was just like somebody just watching. And it's just like, I don't feel threatened by you or anything. You, you just, you just caught me off guard. So, <laughs> but then they were just like, okay, I'm going to leave. But before I yeah, do, just, let me just slide I'm, my finger down your leg. <laughs> I think it so was, you know, that I was here. Here's my theory. I think it was a demon, but like a nice demon that um, was looking for a three way. And oh, God. they were just staring <laughs> at you. And he's like, are you sure? 
You like what you see? No? You don't? Okay. <laughs> he's all insecure. He's like, oh, God, this again. Okay, fine. I'll just leave. But wait, wait. Let me just slide my finger down. Nope, you're not feeling right. it. Okay, I'm out of here. That's my yeah, theory. Just in case. Just so you know, you know, just in case you want to, you know, call me back or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so are you open to this presence coming back into your life? That's a great question, Roz. Um, I guess, I guess so. Um, like I said, I wasn't threatened by it. Um, but if it comes back, it comes back. If it doesn't, you know. I, I won't want, lose any more sleep over it, but, you know. I want this presence to visit your husband. You know, and I thought about that, too, because, like I said, he doesn't believe in this stuff. He He's very, very skeptical of a lot of things, and I've always kind of been keeping an ear out and kind of watching closely because I've always been an observer, and I am still to this day. Um, but I, it would be interesting for him to have an experience. And I feel like sooner or later he will because he married me. Um, so, you know. But so are you a, somebody a that you've had a bunch of experiences like that? Oh, uh, not like that, but I have had experiences. Um, like I went to a, I went to Peace College um, here in Raleigh. Uh, it used to be an all-girls school. And my class was actually the first co-ed class to come in in 2012. And so uh, when they started building the school um, in 1857, uh, halfway through the Civil War broke out. And so uh, it, they stopped construction of the school itself and turned it into a Confederate hospital. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff happening there. Like it is most definitely um, haunted. Yeah, and imagine. my friends have had experiences. I've had experiences there. It's it's just crawling with like all what? kinds of energy. What, what's happened? So one of my friends, um, I did theater in, in college and I still do. I uh, act all around the area. And one of my friends who's also an actor, he, uh, in his room, he said that there was a woman that would only come to him at night and he didn't know what she looked like but he knew what she sounded like and she would always like call his name and like talk to him and like all these things and she would keep him up and it came to a point where he was not sleeping at night so he would show up to class and just be a zombie basically she just, would just non-stop be yeah. saying his name all night mm-hmm so she, all night she's just like, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's like so creepy. So, but he he never did um, figure out who who it, who it was, and it eventually stopped. But there was like a, a a month or two where he was not sleeping because he this lady would not let him sleep. That sounds terrible. I don't mm -hmm. like this kind of stuff that happens in the middle of the night. Did you wait? Let's yeah. go back to you and your three-way ghost. So, yeah. <laughs> did you do you think it was sleep paralysis? Have you had sleep paralysis before? I have had sleep paralysis paralysis more times than I can count. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. I have an, a, another story um, if we have time, of course. Sure. Um, but I don't think it was sleep paralysis because I could move. I I was. I could have moved, I should say, but I didn't. And I definitely know the difference when I am having sleep paralysis because there is that sense. And I, I think you've talked about it before, too, that you've had it. And there, 
you know when you have it. Like, you know when it's happening. Um, so this time, like, it, it wasn't that. And I think it also came along with not feeling threatened or anything. But when it was happening, I was like, oh, shit, it's, it's going down. So, so what <laughs> usually happens when you have sleep paralysis? Usually what happens is, like, I'll wake up and I just, I can't move. And, like, I can look around the room and everything. But there is something there, a figure, which helps me segue into my next story with the sleep paralysis. So my second apartment, this was about three years ago. Um, I think this was right before me and Jeffrey actually started dating. I was living in this apartment with a good friend of mine who is also an actress. And I was asleep in my room and I woke up and I, I realized I was having sleep paralysis. I knew it was happening. And in the corner of my room was this tall, I like get chills talking even thinking about it, this tall, dark figure, just dark, just standing in the corner hmm. looking at me. And I, I, <laughs> Ross, I didn't know what to do. I just, all I could do was just lay there and just be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I just kept like thinking, just like, please go away, please go away. And like, I finally managed to like close my eyes and open them back up and it was gone. But it was what? this, it was tall and dark. And I was like, I, what, what? Do, wait, but do you think it was the same one? No, I don't think so. Because this one I felt threatened by. Oh. I I definitely got an energy from it that it, was like watching me in a way that, what are you doing here? I think it was the same one. And he just realized that the first time completely failed. He's like, okay, and the second time I'm going to take like a, a friendly approach. Maybe he'll like me this way. I, I think just you like have a stroke his leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause last time I, I think I came up a little too spooky. Um, it sounds like you have a type or like there's a type that's attracted to you, which is the, maybe the tall, dark maybe. and gruesome. Um. Wow. Oh gosh. I'm so happy this has never happened to me. So, do you do you sleep on your back? Because that's the thing I always say. I hear yeah. that if you sleep on your back. So, that's when you see mm-hmm. demons. So the times that it's happened, yes, I have been on my back. I normally Knew sleep it. on my stomach, like face down, which is not good for you. Which you know causes the wrinkles, but. When it happens, like, I'm on my back, and I, like I said, I don't normally sleep on my back, but when it's, when it happens, I'm on my back every single time. Yeah, it's no good. I, I, like I yeah. always say, I'll take the wrinkles. I'm not dealing with right. <laughs> demons in my room. Yeah, can't do it. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, is there anything else you want to share? Um, These are good stories. Yeah, uh, well, my... So my parents' house, I'll try to make this a quick one. Um, my parents' house that they currently live in, um, I believe there's something there too. Um, and I remember when I was like 16 or 17, I was home alone. And I was watching TV and where I, you are in the living room, if you look to the left, you can look straight through the dining room in the kitchen. And I was watching TV and a cup that had been sitting on the counter, hadn't moved anything, flew off the counter. <sighs> and I was like, what and so of course like I get up and I go and um I was like that's not even possible I know it wasn't near the edge of the counter and I also looked to see if there was like maybe condensation because you know sometimes 
cups would like slide and totally. wet under them. But it wasn't. It just flew off the counter. And so I told my parents about it and they thought, uh, sure, silly, okay, teenager, whatever. And so now my sister, who is 19, um, she is still at home. She'll she'll go off to college next year. Um, she has had some experiences, um, which, you know, reassures me, okay, I'm not crazy. There is something going on at that house. And, like, she has had shoes fly off the rack in her bathroom. She's, like, heard stuff. There's, like... On the back of the the front door, there are like these blinds that make noise whenever you move them or open them. And she said she got up around 3 a.m. to go get some water and no one else was up. And all of a sudden the blind started shaking and she was like, nope, I'm not thirsty. And she went back to bed. And so she (laughs) told me about it. And I was like, okay, so there probably is something there. So I got to do some more investigating with that. Yeah, um, as well as my house. Um, I can absolutely update you on that. Um, but yeah, I who knows? I think there's something at that house, though. OK, so do some investigative journalism and um, mm-hmm. check back in with me because I'm very curious. Yeah, I most definitely will. So, Lexi, what are we talking about today? Ouija boards? Okay, so I will just start at the beginning. So, where are you calling from? My gr- oh, I'm from Texas, but all of this happened in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Ooh, yeah. People say that like Michigan is like a vortex for energy. There's just like so many haunted houses and like just demons and bad energy. Like it's crazy up there. Well, I never so, realized this. I had an ex that I took back home to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And he grew up in California and he was like, there is a church on every single corner, which I didn't realize growing up. But now that I've gone back and I look around, I'm like, yeah, there's like a lot of churches everywhere. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Just like trying to make up for the fact that there's demons everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think a lot of people that believe in that stuff, that believe in like evil and yeah yeah totally um so my grandma lives in this house that's like an old mafia house from like back in the prohibition days whoa so there's like all these like underground tunnels that have been filled in with dirt um so like halfway up the stairs you can like open it and there's this like trap door that is filled in with dirt from like back then and it's an old farm so there's all these like chicken coops and you know, it wasn't actually a farm, but it was just, like, the remnants of a farm. Um, so my grandma would always have, like, people coming over. Like, she she was like, always, like, helping out homeless people or just, like, ramblers and rollers. Like, whoever would come through, people would just stay there with her all the time. Um, so apparently there was this one guy who came, and he had, like, a Ouija board, and it was upstairs – so in the upstairs bedrooms, there's one bedroom and then there's a door and then there's another bedroom behind that door. And that's where like all of it is, is like in this back bedroom. And there's also like a bathroom attached to it. So like the story goes that my grandma had to like exercise some guy because he was using this Ouija board. And eventually, I don't know. I don't know if that's like true or if that's like 
whatever, some kind of rumor, but the Ouija board always stayed like right there above the closet in that bedroom. So it was always, it was like this old wooden, like real deal Ouija board and just right above the closet. And my grandma's really religious. So I was always, but I was like, why is this here? But, um, wait, so this guy, just some random guy that she was like letting stay with her came in with a Ouija board and then he got possessed by a demon. Yes, that's the story. So it all it all went down in this closet in this bedroom is like what I've heard from my family. And that's where the Ouija board would stay. And like this closet feels like there's a demon in there. So I like uh. it seems I don't know, whatever the thing is, there was a demon in that closet and there was a Ouija board above it. So growing up I would like start using it because it was just always there and eventually I was like, Well shoot, let's do it um without knowing anything about like how to manage that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so when we would do it it was crazy like I've done Ouija words before but this one like new things like it, it knew like the color of our underwear like, <laughs> we would ask around the circle and it would know <laughs> and it said it was in the closet it said it was Lucifer but I feel like that's just like a cocky demon like we're not that lucky talking to like Lucifer and stuff <laughs> Lucifer <gasps> wow yeah so, so, so that was like the beginning of like just opening the floodgates. And then ever since I used it, I just had all these experiences with demons. Like I seriously was like haunted growing up. I just was always having experiences. What do you mean? And so I lived in this house. This was probably the, like the pinnacle of it. Like we moved into this house and I was just like really high on high alert because I was I was doing like witchcraft and stuff. I was doing Ouija boards. I was just like into that kind of stuff as a kid. So this stuff was really attra- like attracted to me. So like one night I was laying on, I was like sleeping on the couch and I woke up in the middle of the night and I see this woman like in this yellow Victorian gown, just like sitting in front of me in the living room, drinking tea. And she's just staring at me. And so I get up, I like rub my eyes, <laughs> rub my eyes, make sure it's real. And I look again and she's still there. No, that's supposed to work. That <laughs> works every time. I know. She was there. She didn't budge. She just kept staring at me, sipping her tea. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. Wait, but do you think then, it like But do you think that that was because you were doing all this witchcraft and stuff, or do you think that that was like a ghost in that specific house? I don't know. I think I think that that might have been a different thing. I just think that they were really like attracted to me in general. So I was just always having these experiences. Oh, I forgot to tell you. So after I did the Ouija board at my grandma's house, like the night after we did it for the first time, I was sleeping in my sister's bedroom. And that's the one that's like right next to the room that we did the Ouija board in, in the middle of the night, I wake up and the doorknob is just shaking violently. <gasps> like this big glass doorknob, like shaking. Ew. I don't like that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So let me get back to that house. <laughs> Wait, so the demon's just like shaking so the doorknob and the demon's like, your underwear's pink. I don't know. I mean, they were just like trying to get through. It felt like it honestly felt evil. Like it, it was, I've never felt anything like it. It was just like evil. That's the only way I can explain it. Just like violent and malicious. Uh. So like this house, like doors would like open and shut when I was there. Like 
there was this knock that would happen on my bedroom door. It happened on my door, and then I would look, no one's there. And then, like, a couple minutes later, it would knock, but it would be inside the door. And then the knocks would just get closer and closer to me. Wait, which house is this now? Sorry, this is the other house that I lived in. This is, like, this is just another general ghost story, I guess. I got a little thrown off with the... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> with the tea... Is this the house with the tea-drinking lady? Yes, yeah, okay. that's that house. Okay. So she so would drink tea like, and she would knock on the walls. Yeah, it would just like knock and get closer and closer to me. I would be doing the dishes and I would feel like breathing on my neck. <gasps> it was literally every time I was alone in that house, something would happen. Like every single time. So it got to the point where I would just, when I got home from school, I would just like grab the phone and sit on the curb and I just wouldn't go inside till my parents got home. I just, I would not go. <laughs> How old was the house? It wasn't even like an old house. It was like, just like a normal house. Well, it sounds like that lady was like, when did you say she was wearing Victorian clothes? Yeah, she was like in a Victorian dress. And I've never understood that because I felt like it was demonic. Like all the things that just because of the Ouija board and all that stuff. And that weird like ghost, that was like a different thing. I don't know what that was. I I have no idea. I mean, it could have been a, a demon that was cosplaying the Victorian Just pretending, era. yeah. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. I wear costumes all the time. Yeah, and I always have dreams. So, like, still to this day, I'll have dreams about being in my grandma's house and there's a demon, like, chasing me. Uh, like, all the time. Is that house, like, like still in the family? family? Yeah, she still lives there. <gasps> so what does she have to say about it? I never understood why that Ouija board was in there. She never talks about it. One time I lived there for a while and I just asked her to throw it in the dumpster and she did it, but she didn't really say much about it. Oh, so I she, she got weird. rid of it. Yeah. Cause I was living there and I was like, okay, we're not going to keep doing this. Like we're going to get rid of this thing. And yeah, she threw it away, but I've never really, I guess I never really talked to her about it for some reason. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that the demon's gone. No, I think, well, I think it's, I don't know, it's still somewhere in my brain because I I have these dreams where, like, I'm just getting chased around and I'm just stuck in the house. But, I don't know. I have another story, too. That, okay, <laughs> another story let's hear it. Okay, so my friend, my best friend growing up, she lived in this plot of land that used to be a town called Atkinson, like, back in the 1800s. So there was, like, all these pits of like old shoes and clothes and like houses were like buried underground for some reason. And we would like dig up like in the summer, we would just like dig and find these like houses. I have no idea what happened there. Wait, but what do you mean that you'd find a house underground? Like there was house. That, so there was like chimneys that were on the ground. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you would dig and there would be houses. Like you could just dig bricks and bricks and bricks. Whoa. Wait, where is this? This is in Michigan. It's in a town called Iron River. Oh, my God. Okay. So, like, that house, that's where we started doing, like, witchcraft and stuff and <laughs> just kind of, like, like spells. Like, we would just do, like, as kids, we'd just be doing spells or whatever. Um, but one night, I was sleeping in the living room, and she was asleep, like, in the recliner across the room, and it was Christmas time. So, I'm, like, laying there. I'm not a I'm not asleep yet, and I'm looking at this ornament that's on the Christmas tree, like, at the bottom of the Christmas tree, 
And then it started swinging back and forth. And then I, so I looked away and through like my peripherals, I could see that it stopped moving. And then I would look back and it would start swinging again. Mm. And then I'd look away and it would stop. And then I'd look back. And so finally I decided to just keep staring at it to see what would happen. And it starts swinging like back and forth, back and forth, super fast. And it flies off the Christmas tree into the middle of the room. Weird. I know. So, but now was that because of your witchcraft or what was that all about? I kind of think that I was just like a mess (laughs) as a kid. Like I was just into all sorts of stuff all the time. So I think that I was just like susceptible to whatever wanted to show itself to me. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't know, like, how were you learning about these spells? Did you like go to the library and just like check out a book or did like, Oh, her sister had a book. Her sister had a book that we would do. One time I I did a spell to like get a boy to kiss me. Did it work? I had to get a Oh, I had to get a blade of grass from his front lawn. <laughs> it works. Yeah, he kissed me like two days later. Oh, my gosh. I want that spell. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if you – I I don't – I actually don't know much about witchcraft, at least not in like um, – I don't know much about like the – the kind that can attract darkness to your life. But I feel like yeah. if you're not doing it right, you could end up with a Christmas bulb flying across the room. Right. Like we were just stupid kids just doing Ouija boards. Like they say you're supposed to say goodbye after you do the Ouija board. We never said goodbye. <laughs> we, well, we didn't do like we were not doing it right. So I think that there was just like all sorts of stuff just yeah, see, me, I recently learned that, like, you all have to lift your hands at the same time when you're doing a Ouija board or else that can, like, I don't know, open things up and stuff. Like, I don't really, I don't know. But um, yeah. there's definitely, like, ways of doing it that you got to know what you're doing. I know. I wish that I would have, like, looked back. Like, I would make, I would just be bored in my room and I would make a Ouija board out of paper with, like, a CD. <laughs> I would just, like, use the CD. I was just being an animal, like a wild animal about it. <laughs> I was so interested because I knew that it was real, and I knew that, like, I would be able to talk to someone and that it that it would actually happen. So it was really exciting, but it ended up just, like, seriously haunting me for so long, like, years and years and years. Wow. And I finally just, like, I got so irritated by just being scared all the time that I was just, I decided to just not be scared anymore and to just start like yelling at them. Like I would, I would just be like, fuck you. Like you're not scaring me. Go away. I live here. You don't even live on this plane. Like you can't do anything. And I would just vocalize this whenever I got scared and just act tough. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what did it. Like I just stopped giving it energy and stopped feeding into the fear. And I really haven't had like anything happen to me in years so i think i've i've gained power over the that's demonic amazing because i feel like these prob these dark energies are probably like oh i'm gonna get this girl and then they're like and then you're like fuck you and then they're like oh okay fine like you're no fun just like bruise their ego a little bit yeah they're like gosh i thought it was being scary okay fine i'm gonna move on to the next one yeah 
I know. But I mean, everyone should do that. Like if, like if you're scared, because my aunt told me once, I don't know if this is true, but it's really helped me. She told me that like angels and good beings, they can read your thoughts, but bad ones can't read your thoughts. So if you just pretend, even if you're like scared shitless in your head, if you just don't give any of that off, then they can't, they can't like feed off your fear. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll keep that in mind next time. It might help you, but it you know, it might just be psychological, but that helps too. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good advice. I'll keep that in mind. Um Okay. Well, I'm going to go find um a blade of grass in my crush's lawn. <laughs> um so <laughs> thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. These are some good stories. Well, what do you know about that? That was a fun episode. I love to hear from you all. And again, if you guys would like to be uh, considered for a listener episode, I want to do this every single month. So I think within the next few weeks or so, we'll probably record some more. So just send me an email, ghostedbyraws at gmail.com. And make sure you put in the headline, you know, listener episode, call in episode, something like that. And then uh, eventually, pretty soon, I'll reach out to you and, and we'll figure it out a good time to do it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, please follow me on Instagram at Roz Dresfalez. I'm on Cameo, Roz Dresfalez, Venmo, Queen Roz, Facebook. I've got my own page. We've got a page for the show. We also have our Facebook group where you can leave a ghost story or you can leave a ghost story in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to see me live, I am going to be... Uh, next Saturday, the 9th, I will be at the world-famous Hollywood Improv doing a stand-up show with some of the best comedians in town. The show is called Roz's Humor Hole. It is at 9 p.m. You can get your tickets at hollywood.improv.com. And I'm going to be back hosting Ross Matthews' Dragtastic Bubbly Brunch. It's such a hard one. I always mess up the name. It is in Oxnard, California at Levity Live Comedy Club on the 24th of November at noon. Get your tickets on Levity Live Oxnard's website because it always sells out. And I can't wait to see you there. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.